0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night with a returning guest from... I feel very confident in saying this right now. For a movie that is going to wind up being one of my absolute favorite films of 2023, Melissa Barrera is here. Huge congratulations on Scream 6.
1: Thank you so much. So great to see you again.
0: You too. So you know about the Dice Tower behind me. That is where we start on all episodes of Collider Ladies Night. I've got three roles for you. They correspond to three random questions, and we will see what you get to start. Okay. All right. First one up. Kicking this off with a number four. Oh, you got a, a heavy one to start here. I'm calling this one favorite, least favorite. What is your absolute favorite part of the acting process? Putting your costume on for the first time, uh, rehearsing, anything like that. But then what's not necessarily your least favorite, but a part of the process where you see room to grow for yourself and you're excited to tackle that?
1: Um, That's a really good question. Uh, I think my favorite part of the acting process is being either on set or on stage. Like the, just the, the living inside a character's skin and, uh, and getting to experience their life and their emotions and all of that is I think why I'm addicted to it in a way. Um, I get to like not be myself for periods of time. And I think the, my least favorite part of the acting process is the waiting. And whether that's and whether that's like waiting for something that you shot to come out or waiting for the next job, the in betweens. That's the least, the hardest, I think, part of this industry.
0: I understand that all too well. Every single time I wrap an interview, it's like what like when is the next one? It needs to be now, or I stress out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, I got your second role now. We are moving over to a number 3. This one is a semi easy one. It's wrap gifts. What is the most memorable wrap gift you've ever
1: received or given? I I made um sweatshirts for Vida when we wrapped se- season 3 and I had them like it was a picture of the bar on the outside of the bar with the neon sign, but I had uh, my sister's friend is a really good graphic designer, and she like added some quotes on there uh, that like were very uh, representative of our time on the show, and I gave them out to to the cast and uh, and you know the the producers and all of that, and I and I still wear that, and we all still wear it. I like to give rap gifts that I know people will use. I think it's important because I don't. There's so many like cool merch things that I just like keep in a drawer. But when they when you get something that's very wearable and usable, I like that. So I try to think about that when I give wrap gifts.
0: Sweatshirts and blankets. Clearly I like things that keep me warm, but yeah. I genuinely
1: use those things all the time. Cozy things. Cozy things are always nice, always
0: welcome. All right. We have one more roll in the tower. All right, we're wrapping this with a number. Of, ooh, you got my favorite question. Okay. This is Zombie Apocalypse. So painting painting a little picture for you right now. You're working on Scream 6, and suddenly there's a zombie outbreak. You can pick two co-stars to team up with. Who do you pick that gives yourself the best chance of surviving?
1: Oh, my gosh. Out of the Scream 6 cast, um, definitely Jasmine. Because I feel like she's both like physically fit, physically fit. I just went into the Madagascar song, um, but um, but she's also really smart, and um, I guess probably Mason can throw good punches, and he's like such a like a good loyal friend that he would probably sacrifice himself for us. So I think that would be my team.
0: All right, let's get into the main part of the interview now. So we had you on the show about a year ago. We don't have to hit the very earliest stages, but I feel like it's very unusual when I have a returning guest come on so soon after being on the show for the first time. And we have so much new stuff to discuss. So I wanted to start here. What would you say is the biggest difference between, you know, your filmmaking and storytelling goals now compared to when we last spoke for Ladies Night in January of 2022?
1: I feel like in the last year, I I did have a big perspective shift. I had so from when Scream came out to like Scream, you know, twenty twenty two in January. Then I didn't work until we started shooting Scream in June. So I was like busy. I was doing stuff and I was traveling back and forth and I was doing promo and I went to Europe and and visited my sister. So I I was moving, but it, but it wasn't working and there's a part of me that gets really sad when I'm not working so it was a hard like half of the year for me and I was so like desperate to work and then I did scream and then I did the collaboration and um and then I just finished I just wrapped this this other indie movie that I that I did called Your Monster that is that hasn't even been announced yet, but like I'm giving you the scoop. Um, but it's this like incredible indie movie that was so satisfying to me, and I've realized how like smaller films are more creatively satisfying in a way because you get a lot more say, and it 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 becomes. Um, like a, it's like a real team effort. It's like basically everyone is kind of sacrificing a lot to do this very low budget thing and make it look good and make it the best that it can be and like having the highest hopes for something, knowing that you don't have like the huge back of like a studio. I think it like makes you hungrier. And I think in the last year I was, I had a mentality of like, I need to do something big to make a splash and to like make a name for myself so that I can green light projects because it's like a thing in this industry where you're never a big enough name, unless you're like one of like the top, you know, 10 famous people in the world, you're never big enough. And it's like, really? Like what else do I have to do? But then I was like, when I I did like collaboration and Your Monster that are smaller films, It was so wonderful and it was so cathartic and it was, and I felt like I did the best work that I've ever done. And I was like, this is actually what I wanna do. Like, I just wanna do projects that like speak to my soul and that stretch me. And it doesn't matter what size they are because I'm meeting like incredibly talented creatives that are like up and coming and that I know are gonna be huge. And I get to like be with them when they start out. And I think it's, I don't know, like I just, I wanna do that now. I'm like focused on that. I'm like finding like smaller movies that have roles that are really challenging for me. And and keep doing what I've been doing so far, which I think is doing like very different kinds of roles all the time, not like, not, letting anyone put me in a box, just constantly, you know, surprising people with the kinds of things I do. You are welcome in the horror box
0: anytime you want to exist in it though. So stay in that box uh, maybe a little (laughs) more often than other genres. My head is exploding with follow-up questions. One thing that crossed my mind as you were explaining all that is it's a question that I ask quite often because this industry loves to look at a film and say that's someone's breakout project. And from our limited perspective, we think a certain something happens when someone breaks out, but for the person experiencing it, it's completely different. And the title that comes to mind for you is in the Heights, but feel free to swap in any other title that's more applicable here. What would you say is a misconception about breaking out in Hollywood, but then on the other hand, what is something that actually did change for the better when
1: you had your big break? I don't know, I I mean, it's it's such a weird and like good question because I have no idea what a big break means because I think like every time that I do something, someone writes that it's my breakout role. And I'm like, when am I gonna stop having breakout roles? Like, when am I actually gonna be broken out? You know, like, when am, I, when am I gonna stop breaking out? Because people are just like, the breakout star of In The Heights, the breakout star of Scream, the breakout star of Scream 6. I'm like, okay, I'm just, I keep breaking out. I guess I haven't broken through yet. What, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a um, subjective thing in the industry. Um, and I think unless something is like a global phenomenon People never stop considering you breaking out, <laughs> you know. I don't know. It's uh, I do feel like every single thing that I've done though has opened doors for me. Like I don't know. I, I think we talked about this the last time, but like I thought that my first lead in a soap was a huge breakout for me. And then like when I crossed over to the U.S. and I and I got Vida, being like one of the leads of a of like a prime like primetime show on like stars, I was like, I feel like this is a huge breakout. But then in, you know, In the Heights was my first like big studio movie. And like that for some people is like my breakout. I don't even know. I, and I'm not mad at it. I'm like, whatever you think is my breakout role, because everyone has different perspectives and everyone likes different roles that I've done. So whatever, whatever floats your boat. For what it's worth, I feel like the repetitive breakout labeling
0: comes from the fact that you do different types of things that reaches different types of audiences. And, you know, when that when that happens, it also exposes an audience who usually likes one thing to the rest of your body of work. So there, there's a lot of silver
1: linings to it happening that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to continue to work. I am very happy that
0: you continue to work as well because I love all your stuff. I want to hit everything. We don't have enough time and I have to go heavy into Scream 6 because I'm full-blown obsessed with the movie. I want to squeeze in two more broader questions and these are like very specific memories. So if you can't come up with something, it's totally cool. But I recently I recently covered a movie that had a writer's block element. So I started to ask this question a lot ever since. Can you give me an example of a scene that you as an actor were having a tough time cracking whether it was accessing your character's headspace justifying a decision they make and then tell me a little bit about how you overcame that
1: and actually wound up nailing the scene it happens a lot it actually happens a lot to me Um, and I had that happen just in the last set that I was on where um, if something doesn't feel honest to me in the moment I go into like a full body block like my body and my mind and my heart does not let me continue acting because I know that it will be phony. And, and it happened a lot to me in this last movie that I did. And thankfully I had a director that we had a great relationship coming in, a lot of trust. And I told her, I was like, this is, this is probably one of the most difficult roles I've ever done it's so different to anything I've ever done. And it's so different to me, who I am as Melissa, that I'm gonna be, you know, like trying things out. And sometimes I, I, I'm gonna need your guidance, but I'm gonna need time to process. So sometimes she would like ask me for things and I'd be halfway through the scene, trying to like go through a note that I was given and just stop and freeze. And and I'd be, and 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 I'd like, Sometimes I just, all I need is like a pause to like find it. And sometimes it's, it takes longer. So sometimes she'd be like, are you okay? And I was like, I can't do it. I, I, I'll just be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And she's like, you can, you're doing it. And I'm like, I can't do it. It doesn't feel right. And I'll just, and I'll just need a moment. But it's usually after those like little like blips of like panic that I have, that, like the real breakthrough comes and like that's when i feel the most satisfied with scenes when i'm like because i feel my whole body working through it and like trying to find the honesty in it i don't i don't like saying things like saying a line and not meaning it and sometimes i don't know like sometimes acting is like that you you have to kind of just do things that you're asked to do but like i i protect myself i feel like because i've had in the past Done things where I'm like, oh, that was a bad take. I'm sure they're not gonna use it. And then they use it. So I think that's my like my defense mechanism of like just going into full body block of like, I'm not gonna act if I don't feel like I'm being truthful. I'm not gonna do it. And then I just need to take a breather and I need to talk it through. And and sometimes it's like the director's like, What what is it? And I'm like, I doesn't I'm trying to do what you're trying what you want me to do, but I'm trying to find the way that feels right for me to get there and I just need a big be- a beat. And uh, and yeah, so that yeah, that's been happening to me a lot lately.
0: I lo- I love that approach to it. I don't want to press you for information on that upcoming movie, but
1: because you referenced the filmmaker on that, are you allowed to name the person? Her name is Caroline Lindy, and she is. This is going to be her feature debut, and she is a genius. A I'm genius. Very glad oh my god, that. you are going to love her when you meet her. You're going to adore her. I'm very excited and looking forward to that.
0: I'll sque- squeeze in one more uh, big, broad question before we move into Scream. And this is a very cheesy question, but it's something that I believe in heavily. We love in this industry to tell each other good job, but we don't say it to ourselves nearly enough. So of all the films and shows and other things you've made, is there any particular scene that you look back on and, you know, can say to yourself, like, like, damn, I am proud of what I did in that moment?
1: Um, I do. I feel like there's a lot. Like I don't congratulate myself in the moment, but looking back, I am proud of a lot of the things that I've done. Um, like off the top of my head, specifically, just because it was like a Mount Everest to climb. Like the the club scene and in, in the heights was pretty pretty big. Um, I I I after those two days of shooting that, I was like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe like I actually managed to pull that off and. I probably won't ever be able to do that again, but now it's immortalized on film forever, so I'm happy about that. That's an
0: incredible set piece, but as you were teeing that up, I thought you were going to say the the club, the the lengthy dance in Carmen, which is also exceptional. So you kind of like in a sense, you did the set you did it again and you
1: kind of upped it in a different sense. Well, I was going to say also the the desert dance in Carmen oh my God. was daunting <laughs> because it was a wonder. You know, like, and in, in, in the Heights we had all these different setups they could edit out of like the, you know, we shot it over two days so they were going to pick the best out of everything and I'm glad they did. But for Carmen, it was a one and I was in the middle of, I think it was five or six of like the Sydney Dance Company best dancers in in Australia and I was like in the middle of them and I was mortified and I was like, how am I going to do this in a one and something like I don't know like I was touched by God on that mo- in that moment because I don't I blanked. I don't even know how I did what I did and even Benjamin doesn't know how I did what I did because he came up to me afterwards and he was like, how did you do that? He was like, you were soaring, you were flying. How did you do that? I was like, I don't know, thank you but I don't know how I did that. I don't know there's something like really magical about, acting, whether it's on stage or on screen. I feel like sometimes you manage to disappear and like fully be in the moment. And those are the moments that we're always chasing as actors. Those are like the the rare moments where we're like, I genuinely don't know what I did. And that's when you're fully living in it. It's hard. You can't do that all the time. We try to, but it's hard. But that was one of those moments too. Those are the
0: moments I chase to talk about and to celebrate, and you have many. And before we move into Scream, I will just tell our audience that Carmen is in theaters in April, so everyone will be able to see that really soon. Yeah. Okay. First, for non-spoiler questions for Scream 6, when you first saw the script for the new movie and what Sam's evolution would be, what would you say was your biggest burning question for Matt Tyler and the team that, you know, you had to sit with and talk through before hitting
1: set? Um. This is a really good question. I so the script changed a lot from the first script that I got that, to the movie that we made. It was a it was a I want to say basically completely different. Um, and we had a few sit downs, like Matt and Tyler and I, and then with Jamie and Guy, um, because I really really wanted to make sure that we were. That, that we explored Sam's like psyche more and we got to know her deeply because that was the reason that I wanted to play Sam in the first place. Like the reason that I was attracted to her in, in Scream 5 was like, oh my God, there's so much potential here. Where is she going to go? And I wanted to make sure that in the sixth movie, we saw more layers to her. It wasn't just like the tough girl, the protective older sister, that like has all these walls up. I was like, what happens when those walls break down? And we didn't get a chance to see that in the fifth one. So I was like, I wanna make sure that she feels like a more real, well-rounded human. Like all these things, all these relationships and everything that happened to her in the fifth one, how do we? How are we going to explore that? And I think the the thing about like Matt and Tyler being so great is that when I first spoke to them after reading the first draft, I was like, these are my concerns and I really really want to I really want to like I want the audiences to get to know Sam more. You know, I think it's important that that the audiences know her more because otherwise it's tough coming into a franchise in the 5th movie. You know, it's tough and like the fans are already in love with so many characters that you need to you need to like give them a lot and open up a lot to them for them to like let you in. And I really wanted that. And they were 100% on board. and, um, And they also wanted that for all the characters. They wanted those quiet moments. They wanted the core four to have these like intimate beats of friendship and of like us being, getting a glimpse of like these four people that went through enormous trauma and how they're all dealing with it in their own way. So that having like a heart because the fifth movie felt like in in a way in the Scream franchise, the first four movies are incredible. And, you know, Wes had this his thing and his 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 vision of Scream. And in, in the fifth one that is the first one without him, we had the essence of Scream, but I also feel like there was a lot of heart. Like it was a very emotional movie, which is rare in Scream. And I think that that's beautiful. That's what attracts me to projects. The heart, the emotionality, because that's what I connect with personally. So I wanted to keep that going in the sixth movie. And I think that's what Guy and Jamie do so well. And, and they did. And, and I, I mean, I'm so happy with the movie that we shot. Great success in that respect. That's like
0: one of the things that I keep emphasizing the most. You could have, you know, an incredibly well choreographed and shot set piece, but that set piece only means so much if it's not backed by a true attachment to the characters and loads of heart. Yeah, totally. All right, I've been given the five, so now is when I panic and go to my spoiler questions. (laughs) Okay. So, oh, are we boy. allowed to talk spoilers? Yes. We're going to we're going to save this for the appropriate time. I will not breach embargo. I will guard these with my life. Okay. I guess the, I guess one of the first things maybe I should ask you is have you even seen a script for Scream 7 or or are you in the
1: dark in terms of what lies ahead for Sam? I have no idea that that's happening. Like I I mean, I've I've heard people mm. like saying like, "Oh, I hope that we can make another one," but I Officially, I don't. I don't know anything.
0: Okay, that's just. It's good for me to know as I ask some of these questions here. I, I guess the the first big one I really need to dig into here is what it was like for you being in Sam's headspace, playing that final scene when she drops Billy Loomis's mask, especially not knowing what lies ahead for the character.
1: What particular motivation did you need for her while shooting it? Now, uh, to me, Sam. Uh, I think what, how, what has always connected me to Sam is uh, her love for her sister. Like that, that was my way into her because that's something that I can relate to very easily. And I know that I would pick my sisters over anything, no matter what. And so to me in that moment, no matter how, how hard the pull is to this like darkness, the fact that Tara is like, "Hey, are you coming?" and and to me that that you're coming is so loaded because I think they're in they're in it now. Like Tara has fully accepted Sam and everything that she is. You know, she, she, it's like an unconditional love. She knows the darkness in her sister, and I think there's you know she also knows that that nar- that darkness can be a double-edged sword, but it it does serve to protect them. Like she does need to be a little bit like that to survive now twice and and keep keeping her safe. So to me, that moment was: Am I what? What am I choosing? Am I choosing the darkness or am I choosing the love and family and my sister? And so, in that in that moment, I think Sam snaps out of it and she's like, "Oh yeah, my sister needs me. I am. There's no way. Like I'm. I, I have to." have to be with her. And so it's like an immediate, like no brainer, like goodbye. And I'm, I'm going with, with her. Yeah. The
0: evolution of that relationship is one of my favorite things in these new movies here. This is like a very awkward question to say, because it's so dark, but can you tell me about your approach to filming the sam stabbing detective bailey scene in scream six versus sam stabbing richie in scream five in terms of how you can reflect how she's evolved and how she
1: uses her inner billy now compared to back then well i think the biggest difference is that in the fifth movie when she stabs richie it's kind of like the all the things that she's hidden for years and the secret and the the weight of it and the humiliation and the hurt and, like, all of these things kind of just came out in the moment and she snapped. And it was kind of like an out-of-body experience for her in the fifth movie when she when she stabs Richie. When she is stabbing Detective Bailey, she's doing it in the know. And she's doing it with, like, joy. She's like, I'm back, baby. Like, she's enjoying this moment fully. And and she's wearing, like, the ghost face costume. Like, I just think it's so it's so epic that I got to do that. But also, by the way, it's so hard to breathe in that mask. It's insane. How was it putting that
0: costume on for the first time after all this? It was
1: so awesome when I tried on my robe. It was so awesome. I can't even tell you. It was so empowering. I have pictures of that fitting. I cannot wait to post all of that. This makes me so happy. Um, Given
0: what you said earlier about how you were able to collaborate with Matt, Tyler, and the team walking away from filming Scream 6, is there any particular, you know, quality of Sam's or corner of her world that's been untapped at this point that you're hoping that you could
1: dig into more in future films? Uh, I think there's so much that can be explored. I'm really curious if they're going to continue her in the same like teetering the edge and then snapping at the end pattern or if it's gonna go somewhere different and I have a feeling that it's gonna go somewhere different because these writers are very creative and and I'm excited because I don't it could be anything like it could be anything this next movie I I don't know I'm excited about it
0: as you should be I trust you I trust them my trust has not been misplaced with these two movies I, I can't I can't express how enthusiastic I am about this film to you and say congratulations enough. But again, congratulations. This is something else, and I'm so excited for everything that's to come for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.